Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Jamie. Welcome back. How are you? So good. How are you all, listeners? Hope, I hope you're all you're good. good. It was fun to hear from a few listeners this week. Yeah. About um, our quiz, our Halloween quiz. So fun. Should we do that first or do you want to do fun fact first? Let's do the quiz first. We're here. Let's talk about it. So... If you listened last week, Mm -hmm. we took a Halloween quiz about what spooky book we should read. Yes, we did. Jamie and I have both already read the books that were recommended to us, which we loved the quiz. Um, It's up on on our Instagram account. Check it out. Check it out. Let us know what book you got and whether you liked it or not if you read it. Totally. This was our favorite quiz we've taken so far. Like, most fun quiz with really fun book recommendations. Yeah. And I'd have to say, the one I got did not disappoint. So tell us what you got. Remind us, Jamie. Okay. So I read The Lottery by Shirley Jackson, and I had not heard about this. And then when I pulled it up and got it, I've read, she wrote The Haunting of Hill House. <gasps> and I read that just this year. So that was her like she she's she's actually written quite a bit a lot of creepy stories but um the lottery was really good it was a 30 minute listen um so short story super super fun so the premise of the story is this whole village has this long-standing tradition from all the way back to they don't even have a date of how long they've had it, that every year on the same date, they do this lottery. And it used to, all the tradition pieces of it have gotten lost over time. And it talks like about the specifics of that. It used to be you threw it, you pulled a chip out of a hat and it was this color or that color. But now everybody's registered and they put their names their names are on the registry and they go up and they pick a piece of paper and they take the paper back and no one can look at it before everyone gets their paper. So you go up, you get your paper and you hold it in your hand until they say, open your papers. And when they open their paper, there is one person out of everyone that is kind of the chosen person. And nobody wants to be chosen. It is not a good thing to be chosen. But the interesting part is how at the beginning, everyone's in this together, like they're a community and they're together. And then once the person is chosen, how quickly the ideas become when you're the other. It was so good. I read it. I listened. I listened to it. I listened to it twice. I went back and was like, Oh my gosh, because it doesn't come right out and tell you kind of, I have to think about it. Yeah. And so I went back and I listened to it a second time and oh, it was good. It's quick. It's dark. It's descriptive. Just a fun, short, how creepy Halloween story. I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with Halloween in the book, but just a good, creepy, dark story. Perfect for Halloween time. That's awesome. Yes. I highly recommend it. I gave it four stars. I love it. Okay. So the book that was recommended to me by the quiz was The Tale, The Tell Tale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. And this, again, is a short story. I think, well, the copy that my library had mm-hmm. had that story along with The Raven. 
which yeah. is a poem. Uh-huh. It was both were together. So total was like 25 minutes. Okay. So not long. Yeah. So I don't know how long just the telltale heart was. It was an actual story and the Raven is a poem, but it's a longer poem. Anyway, it was great. I love the Raven too. Yeah. So I listened to both of them one. and it was, it was really fun. Just kind of a darker way of thinking, right? Very. So the story of a telltale heart is, it's about a guy who is, I don't know if he's being mentored or he's closely in, spends a lot of time with an older gentleman who, if he's like working with him or something, like I couldn't quite understand like the purpose of the relationship. Mm -hmm. That did, that was like not really important. Um, And he talks about, at first, he's like got this really good relationship with the man. He loves the man, mm-hmm. and he he reveres this man, and he has wonderful things to say about him. And then, as the story goes on, it gets a little bit darker. I don't want to spoil anything because I it's right. fun to be surprised. Yeah. But it's kind of how this relationship with this man takes a turn, uh-huh. and where it goes from there. How someone can get under your skin, yeah, and what you know. What you do about it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't. How dark your thoughts want, can yeah, get? Yeah, yeah. I don't want. To and then, smell. yeah, and it's it's, it's really like really that's good. all I even can share. That's a very small bit, but that's all you need to know because it's just the inside workings of this guy's yeah. mind, right? As he becomes closer to this man, older yeah. man, yeah. And what happens? It's it's a good one. It's really good. It's just classic spooky, and scary it's one of those story. That like right disturbing. now as you're explaining it, and I'm thinking about it in my head, I'm hearing sound effects. Yeah, like it's so descriptive. You do you that have you feel that? Like I've read, I've read it. I've never listened to it, but I can just feel the sounds. That isn't that funny. Yeah, it just there is a multi-sensory. He's a he does a great it's so job. So descriptive. This is the thing though. I it reminded me why I love spooky things. Yeah. So like I was way into scary things. Loved haunted houses. Loved getting scared. I wanted to watch scary movies. I loved all of it growing up. And then I had children, and I'm old and boring, and I don't have time for it. And and the real world is scary. And I have anxiety now that some of these things could really happen. Yeah. Like yeah. the real world is actually scary. And so you realize that these scary things could come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And so I just don't spend a lot of time being scared. scared I mean, part. I like a good thriller book. Yeah. yeah, me too. But then when I read this, I was like, this is so fun. Yes, yes. it's a little bit creepy and dark. And spooky and fun. Like, yeah. I, it was a great kind of spooky. It's a good, yeah. Very, Edgar Allan Poe is a good kind of spooky. Yeah. I have to say. Those are great October reads. So, so anyway, go take the quiz, read a book, and tell us about it. We want to talk about it. Or if you've read these, it. we want to hear about them. Yes. Like your feelings about it. Please. They're easy, quick reads. Like, and this is the time of year. Perfect. Check them out. Perfect for all your spooky needs in October. Absolutely. So, okay. Now, on to fun fact. So, Miss Alice Feeney, I found another interview with her where they ask her what her writing process is like. I love hearing different authors' writing processes. So, this is what she said. It's been different for each book, but I have always been a planner. I tend to think about the story and my characters for a very long time before I write a word. Daisy took five years to complete. It was the most difficult book to write, but also the one I am most proud of. 
And then later in the interview, I love this question so much. Okay. What would be your personal murder weapon of choice? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I love it. (sighs) And she's like, I can't answer that. My answer might be used as evidence one day. Uh... I will say that I've killed enough people in books to know a lot of different ways to do it. I love it. Anyway, that's kind of fun. I'm very curious. Yep. Me too. So very cool. That's a little more that's a about fun one. Alice. That's a fun one. Yeah. Super fun. All right, Jamie. Today is what's on your Here shelf. We are. So much. I have I've a, been blazing I through I'm books. Roll. I'm with you. I uh, it's it's been good and they've been good books. Yeah. So, I feel the same. Yay. What's on your shelf first today, Let Sarah? You go first? Yes. Okay. The first one I'm gonna talk about today is called The Newcomer. By Mary Kay Andrews. It's like the cutest contemporary cover. Who's it by? Mary Kay Andrews. Okay. I is really cute. have seen her covers around. She actually, I think, has been an author for a long time. She, she's got a lot of books. And I think they're, these newer novels that she's coming out with, they're getting a little bit more catchy. I don't uh, know how. Does that make sense? Like how some of her old ones, I look at the covers and I'm like, yeah, that's not for me. I, yep, yep. But they've either got, I don't know if the, I've not read the other ones because they're not intriguing to me. Yeah. But um, I love these new covers and they keep catching my eye. And now I'm wondering if maybe I should check out her older books. But for now, I'm happy with the new one. Okay, so I read The Newcomer. Okay. This came out. In 2021, like I said, this Mm -hmm. is like a newer one. Um, But she has been around for a really long time. It's about, this story is about um, a girl who, a woman whose sister, she's single. Her sister, she has a half sister and they kind of had a rough childhood. Okay. Um, Two different fathers and they're neither one are in the picture um, their mother is fell into relationship after relationship, thought a man was going to save her. And so they were bounced all over the place. Mm-hmm. And um, even for a minute in foster care, right? Until they finally landed with grandma, who was stable okay. and raised them. Okay. Um, she This daughter swore she was going to have a more stable future for herself. She was very responsible. She kind of started dipping her toe in acting. Anyway, it didn't really work out, but her sister was kind of followed mom's path and mm-hmm. was also kind of unreliable. But she had a flair about her. And so she was she attracted all the wrong people, but it worked for her. Mm-hmm. And one relationship ended and she called sister and asked if she could come move in with her, this responsible sister. So she allowed it because she loves her sister. And it ended up causing some problems because she got involved with her boss. So it was Rocky's sister. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I can see it. So um, one day she comes over to visit. She has a standing play date with her sister's daughter. Her sister has a daughter. Years past. She has a daughter. She's like young for and she has a standing play day with this daughter, with her niece. Okay. And she's coming to pick up the niece, and she finds that her her sister's been murdered. Oh. 
but she's so afraid that she's going to get blamed for it. So she takes the daughter, her niece, and she runs. Well, nothing looks more guilty right. than taking the daughter and running. So good right. call. Right. I and, totally agree. And she's the responsible and you one? Kind of, yes. But you understand <laughs> okay. because of the people that, are, that her sister surrounds herself with. Okay. They would totally pin it on her. And so she runs and she goes and she hides. She picks a place and she goes to this hotel she needs a place to stay. It's the middle of the night. They let her give her a place. Anyway, and you watch her try to figure out plan. what to do. Wow. You know, because she wants to, she loves her niece. She wants to take care of her. She also doesn't know how to figure out what happened to her sister. And so this hotel, there's a mishmash of people staying at the hotel, the owner of the hotel, and the characters are so fun and all the drama that follows her and how she navigates it. It was a really, wow. really fun story. I liked it. I gave it four stars. Awesome. I mean, it felt a little bit like, um, like I'm not going to spoil anything, but you kind of felt like you, I didn't know everything that was going to happen. It was surprising. Yeah. And a little predictable. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. Like, yeah, it's a rom com type book. Right. Super cute and fun. And I love the characters so much. Like, I think I'll remember the characters. I was happy with the way that it ended. Just a good, feel good, yeah. fun book. Sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Like, um, you're rooting for her and things don't always work out the way you want them to, but they do work out well. Anyway, yeah. it was cute. Super fun. I gave it four stars. It's called The Newcomer by Mary Kay Andrews. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. For my first one, I think last week I told you guys I've been on a memoirs kick. And so I'm, I have a couple more today. Um, the first one I want to talk about is I'm Glad My Mom Died by Whoa. Jeanette McCurdy. Whoa. So Jeanette McCurdy um, was Sam on iCarly. So the... Was it Nickelodeon that iCarly yes, was on I the Nickelodeon so. show? iCarly, Sam was the best friend. And this is her story. She writes it. And she she talks about in it her struggles with being a child star. She started it, I think, six years old with auditions and getting jobs acting in California. And her mother was like, when you say stage mom to the extreme, like, I can't even believe some of the things that she did. So her mom wanted to be an actress and it just didn't work out. And she got married and had kids. And so she pushed her daughter into this acting career. And Jeanette, it wasn't her choice ever. She didn't love it, but she was good at it. And she was successful. She made money, but they lived. They didn't have money before they lived. Mom was a hoarder. So they lived, so while she's doing this show, they're living in not great places until she starts making money. And now she says, like, I'm grateful um, for that I'm living the way I can live now because of the income I've made. But it was never my choice and not anything she ever wanted to do. So she she ultimately has quit acting and now she does um, editing and writing and her passion is writing. But she had an eating disorder that was totally fed and encouraged by her mom. I mean, 
when she talks about her weight at different ages, oh my gosh. And the things her mom manipulated her to do and did, and she, oh, the effects it had on her, it is crazy. Now, in the description of this book, it says a heartbreaking and hilarious memoir. I really don't know that I find any of it hilarious. Aww. It's just shocking and sad. And especially because my kids were way into iCarly. I have watched a good number of iCarly episodes and I love Sam's character. But now hearing what was happening in her personal life during that, it just, it makes me so sad for her. Yeah. So sad for her. And Amanda Cosgrove, is that iCarly's name? I think that's her name. They had a great friendship. And so it's kind of fun to hear those behind the scenes stories, but also the behind the scene nightmare of the life of sometimes children actors and under control of their parents. One of the things her mom, like her mom was so controlling of her, that even at age like 14, 15, into her teens, her mom was showering her under the pretense of, I need to make sure you're healthy. Because mom had had cancer before and was in remission and then ultimately ended up later it coming back and dying of cancer. But after the remission, it was always that I need to shower you because I need to make sure you're healthy and doing that is weird. checks. Yes. And she was watching her weight. So that was another reason she was showering her. And she would tell her, this is how you lose, like, this is the kind of diet you should be on. This is the weight you should be. You need to not, you know, indulge yourself in these things. It just really, really fed this eating disorder. How old disorder. was she when her mom died? Oh, I I don't know. I don't remember. I'd hmm. say it was, I mean, it was after there was a spinoff from iCarly, Sam and Cat, And then it was, I would say she's, she was living on her own that time. Late 20s? Wow. I have no idea, though. That's a good question. I'll have to research that one. I don't I know. know yet. I am so but interested in how. So. Oh, she was 21 years old. 21. Her, young 20s when her mom died. And she, for the first time, got to, to think for herself. Yeah. A yeah. lot of damage and a lot of therapy. And she still, you know, what I really liked about what she said at the end is, this isn't over. She's not recovered by all means, from any of this. But she got a therapy that said, you're going to have slips. Just accept it as a slip that you can get back from. This is not a slide. This is not, you failed again. We're not going to look at it as fails. You're going to have slips. And then we're going to come back from those slips and we're going to talk about them. You're never to be ashamed of a slip. You can always, you know, because if you're ashamed, you don't want to talk about it. And then that's when we bury our, because her eating disorder is, can, I mean, it's, she'll probably always struggle with it. It's wow. so deeply ingrained in her. But she talks openly, I'll have slips. Yeah. And then I remind myself that that was a slip. And that was today. And tomorrow starts a whole new day. And I can, I can go back and Keep trying. And that's I all I can that. do. Anyway, I gave it four stars. I'm glad my mom died by Jeanette McCurdy. Wow. Really like good, good read. Yes. Awesome. There's a lot of buzz around this one right now, too. So hmm. a lot of people you could talk to about it. Because yeah, that, I love that. I keep hearing, oh, yeah, I'm reading that, too. So that's good awesome. one. Awesome. All right. The next one I wanted to talk about 
today is Make Your Bed, Little Things That Can Change Your Life and Maybe the World by William H. McRaven. I'm going to stop you right now. Okay. (laughs) Is your bed made today? Yes. You are a bed maker. But did I make it? Your husband made it. My husband made it. My husband makes the bed too. He loves to have a bed. He loves to have a made bed. Yep. And I just feel like I'm going to get it back. I'm going to just get back in it tonight. I know. But he's out of town right now. So So my bed is not made. have you read the book? No, I haven't read it. Okay. But everyone always says that. Start by making your day. really short. 130 pages. Okay. Two hours. Oh. Okay. The reason that I wanted to talk about it, because I've actually read a lot of books this, but I really like this one. It's not all about making your bed. That I, I've had it on a list of yeah. I should read this for a really long time because yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about it. But I kind of was like, yeah, sometimes I don't make my bed. Yeah. So I don't want to feel bad about it. Right. It's <laughs> so, not for everyone. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, it's not all about that. He, this is his, it's kind of his own story. Okay. He is, um, I'm trying to think of which part of, our military he is in. Mm. I think he he's like a naval officer. Like he's very high ranking. Okay. He's had a lot of very important jobs. Um, and he is very disciplined mm-hmm. and has some very amazing stories, which I really loved actually. I don't know a lot about the military. I um, I do have some family members who are, you know, involved in the military, but I personally, like, I don't sit and talk to them about it. Right. I kind of probably should. They are amazing people. But his is just like, he won a while back, he was asked to speak at his alma mater's graduation, right, as mm-hmm. their main speaker. And he was like, what could I share? Like, people don't want to hear about my time, you know, fighting right that's not they're not interested in that like what could i provide so he decided to go what made him successful what was helpful for him in his life to be successful okay and so he came up with 10 things that were helpful for him to like accomplish things and to help him be successful and the first one on the list is to make your bed your bed and he talks about the reasons why he talks about in you know Training camp. I'm going to say all the wrong things. Boot camp. Boot camp. Yep. He was expected to make his bed. And his officer that was over him came in and would check all the corners of his bed. He would flip a coin to see how it bounced. I don't even know what he was looking so for. So perfect. But they do these things. And my husband makes a very tight bed. Yeah. Because he was trained. He was camp. trained. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a reason for this. And he said, when I was done, he said, I had the corners all. And he talks about how perfect his bed was made. And he passed the inspection and the officer left. He said, the officer did not say to me, good job. Because it was just expected that it was good. Like I would have had my, you know, butt chewed if Mm -hmm. it wasn't perfect. But the fact that it was, well, good. Well, of course it's good. Of course. That's That's what what I expected of you. Yeah. So he kind of talks about like, we aren't going to be praised for things that are just Normal. We don't get a prize, a gold star no. for everything. No. And so that's some, not something we should be expecting. Right. We can't expect to be praised for just living or for just doing regular good things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he talks about different experiences. You know, he's had a, he had the training to do all the different, to become a Navy SEAL. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's very difficult. And who you expect to make it doesn't always make it. And who you think is going to fail makes sometimes it sometimes. Makes it. It's all about dedication and what you're willing to give to the program. Right. And it was just, it was just really good. And I don't even want to pretend that I know all of the thing, like how he's explaining it, but I would highly recommend reading it. The only touches on the making the bed once. And then he reminds us again, like if you, he kind of says, he talks about really hard things that he's had to go through because he was injured multiple times and coming back from those injuries, um, disappointments when things don't go your way. Um, and hard, hard days. Like there are days that everything is going to go wrong, uh-huh. but his point is you can come home and remember that you did one thing right. You made your bed. You made your bed. Uh, yeah. Everything I've, else can go wrong. And I don't know that that makes you've me accomplished feel one good. Thing. Yeah, you've accomplished one thing. I don't know that I feel good about making my bed, but I, I love the idea that right. you can always do. There's always one thing that you can do. Right. Maybe it's not making your bed. Maybe it's something Maybe else. Maybe it's something else. But there's always you can always accomplish something. Yeah. And he's saying if you do that at the very first of your day, you can always know the rest of it can can fall apart, but you've done one thing. Okay. And you've done it well. But it was really good. It was really short. And it was, I had to wait for it. Yeah. I don't know why I waited for it. Like, people should get this and... Listen to it quick and turn it back in. Yeah, in my <laughs> opinion. Well, because some of us have five things that we're trying to get to that we've checked out. Maybe. <laughs> but I listened, like I said, yeah. one afternoon, and I really did enjoy it. And I kind of okay. walked away going like, wow, like there's amazing people out there, and life can be hard, but we can get through it. Right. Anyway, it was we good. We can do it. Yeah, I liked it. Awesome. Excellent. It's by, it's called Make Your Bed by William H. McRaven. And I gave it five stars. Oh, wow. I really liked really it. Liked it was it. easy read and it was motivating and uplifting. Cool. All right. My next, and I think my last memoir for right now, <laughs> is American Daughter by Stephanie Thornton Plymill. This, another good, like, obviously I'm going through a messed up childhood <laughs> memoirs. <laughs> Because that seems to be what they all are about. And, oh my gosh, if, again, if you liked Glass Castle, you're going to like American Daughter. Um, This is about a girl that um, she is all grown up now. Her kids are even older, like I'd say in her 50s. And she is reminiscing about her childhood. Her mother, who she's been estranged from for a very long time because... Now she's an adult. And once she started having kids, mom was psychotic, like crazy. Oh. Um, Had been institutionalized many times when she herself was younger. Mom was institutionalized. And so she went in and out of the foster care system. So when she grew up, when Stephanie grew up and had kids of her own and her mom started, you know, crossing boundary lines with her own children, she actually had to get a restraining order against her mom that her mom wasn't allowed to come um, around her and her kids because she wasn't always lucid. She would go through these manic things Mm -hmm. and she would like show up at her kid's school and try to check him out of school and just, you know, was manic, would go through these manic episodes. Wow. So Stephanie grew up. um, She starts talking about, being young, very, very hungry in, I believe it was in Oregon, and living in their car. And sometimes mom would bring back food, mom would go out every day, and then come back and have food, but it was never enough. 
never a lot of food. And on times when mom didn't bring anything back, her brothers would go down to the ocean and collect seaweed and they would eat seaweed. And they were just surviving on whatever day to day survival. Mom went in and out of being arrested and in jail to being in institutions. And so she has experiences, many different experiences with um, foster care. And then mom would get out and they'd she'd get them back and she would then go with this person and they'd live here. Just transient childhood from place to place to place. She does reflect quite a bit on those experiences as children, but currently in this book, as she's writing it, it is because um, mom has been diagnosed with a lung cancer or a brain tumor, Mm. a cancer of some sort, and she's not given very long to live. And she has no one. Um, she's living on her own and still on and off crazy all the time. But Stephanie does go and check on her periodically. And especially now that she's sick, she is, she's decided if her mom only has a year to live, she wants answers to a lot of things from her childhood. So she starts going over and helping her mom out and asking her questions and recording um, their conversations. And she gets a lot of questions answered and what is uncovered blows her mind away that she knew like her mom starts talking about her childhood and her past and pieces of the puzzle start coming together and she's got a bigger broader picture of what was really going on which brings empathy to the situation and it's beautiful heart-wrenching crazy some of the things you're just like Oh my gosh, how I th- I hear these stories and I think, how did you survive? How are you still alive and actually productive citizen? Like that's not that's huge. Yeah. Like she has her own she she's an interior decorator and has her own interior design school. The daughter does? The daughter does. Wow. Yeah, like she's fairly fairly wow. successful, but it 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 if this has affected her whole life, her her relationship with her husband, her relationship with her children, how she feels like she has to do everything so perfect and big because she never had anything. And so she's got to make this perfect Christmas for her children because it's what she wanted when she was in a car and never even had a Christmas tree and all those things. And her kids are like, just chill out. Just let us go get the tree. And mom, it's got to be the perfect tree. And it's got to be. So it's just, it's a little bit of everything in her life. Really well told, really well written. I gave it four stars. American Daughter by Stephanie Thornton Plymill. Awesome. I want to read that. Highly recommend. Cool. It sounds super interesting, actually. Okay. Um, The last book I'm going to talk about today is The Fortunes of Jaded Women by Carolyn Hun. I maybe am saying it wrong. I apologize. Sounds good to me. Um, This, I think, was a, you know, month, the monthly book. Book of the month. Book of the month. Oh, my Uh gosh. My brain is not working today. Exactly. Um, I think this was like last, on last month's book of the month Mm -hmm. like they have like five or six books that they always that you can choose from to come i don't get them but i always look through them and i'm like oh i want to read that i want to read that and i put them on my list yeah so i think that's where this one came from 
This is the story of a Vietnamese family. Okay. Like, long, fa- like all the family, gen- the generations of family. Okay. The women in this family. And it goes back generations, like I said, starts in Vietnam, uh-huh. where a woman um, falls in love with a man, but she's already married. And so she leaves her husband. It, complicated. it does. She leaves her husband mm-hmm. and she goes with this other man. And um, the mother of the husband that she left, so her ex mother in law is very upset that this has happened, that she's done this to her son. And she goes to see a witch, which is very common the way it sounds. Like there are these Vietnamese witches that you go and see and they cast spells and they curse people or they can see your future. It kind of sounds like a fortune teller that does a little bit of yeah. voodoo. Okay, a voodoo lady okay. maybe. And this is just common practice. Oh, yes. it yeah. didn't. It's not like some weird thing. I think everybody... And I actually... I don't know a lot about this culture, but the way that the book makes it sound is like Vietnamese women just have their voodoo person that they go and see, like their fortune teller. Like Mm -hmm. you go and you see them regularly. It's very common to have one and they're all over. Okay. Even now. So. Okay. Um, she goes and sees her, this very particular one who is very good. And she explains what's happening, what happened to her son and how mad she is. And the lady's like, well, what do you want me to do? Like, whatever. And she's like, I want you to curse them that they will never have sons. Because a son stays with you forever. But your daughters go, go away, away from to you. the other families. And I want, and you can't, if you're, like, I, I, the way I understand the culture is that you cannot rest peacefully if your family doesn't like remember you at the altar. And so they have altars in their homes that they go and they remember their mm-hmm. ancestors and the people that went before them. But if the husband won't allow you to remember your family, then you kind of want your soul will wander restlessly. You cannot unrest. like be at peace. And okay. so the idea is that, that she's cursed. She wants them cursed so that their daughters get, never find happiness in and love in their marriage connections and that the husbands never allow them to remember their mothers. Oh my. And so forever you will be like restless in your, even in death. death. And so she, this is like a heavy curse for her to get the curse of curses. Right. Okay. And so that, so she curses them to have only daughters and that their daughters will never remember them. Okay. And the, the, which fortune teller does this does the curse so okay um now we are generations later and we we come into this family who now has migrated to the US they live in California but in the Vietnamese or Asian community of California they all you know how we all do that yeah. we find right. our people, find people and that we are like you yeah and we um, group together and that's what's happened in California and this is where they live and you are thrown into this very traditional and Vietnamese family that is estranged mm-hmm. so there's three sisters and they are grown and they have adult daughters themselves but they are estranged they don't speak to their mother they don't speak to each other and they have very rocky relationships with their daughters okay 
Because they all have daughters. They all have daughters because of the curse. They don't have any sons. Yeah. And so you're kind of, there's and a lot of characters. do they know they've been cursed? Yes. Okay. They are, a midwife tells them, like, okay. I, from long ago, says, you should know that this this woman cursed you and you've been cursed. So they know about the curse. Okay. And they are very, they all try to manipulate their daughter's lives. They know how they're going to fix the curse. They know what it takes to be happy. And now it's all they want is for their daughters to be happy. And if they just, if they just listen, listen to them, their their mothers would figure it all out. Yeah. They're very much put their fingers into their lives. And the daughters are exhausted. Like, get out, get out, Leave get out. Alone. And so it makes it very rocky. Yeah. And there's a lot of characters. I will say that that was my, at first I was, I did kind of um, struggle trying to remember who all the characters were. Because there's quite a few Women, but I think that it really says a lot about this culture. Like their yeah. families are very much intertwined. Mm-hmm. And so there are a lot of people in their lives. Right. And so it kind of was a nod to that. It really is a lot of characters, but you start to get the feel of all the characters. Okay. And as they each have their own unique stories and their own hard things that they're going through and maybe mistakes that they're making and all the things, and it's the story of a mother and daughter, all the mothers and all the daughters' relationships. And as they go and see their own fortune tellers, um, one of the women who is older um, goes to her fortune teller. She's gives she's given a, a fortune that in the next year, she, she it's very important that she repairs all these relationships yeah. because there's going to be a death, a marriage, and a birth. And they're going to get a son. So she busies herself. To make sure this happens. Right. It is. It was really, really fun. This is a different culture for me. I don't know how much of that is like realistic. Okay. I loved it. I hope it is. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really, really fun. And I liked it a lot. I was very much invested in what was happening between these women and i gave it four stars awesome yeah yay it was fun it's called the fortunes of jaded women by carolyn hun i think yeah okay sounds great Ooh, good one yeah i've actually seen that one on quite a few lists and have debated getting it or not so it was I'm fun to add that to my i list. liked it awesome okay my last one for today is called the elegance of the hedgehog by muriel barbary this is bit was originally Muriel Barbary is a French author. And so it was translated into English. Okay. Um, originally written in French. It is beautifully written. So beautifully written. Wow. So unique, such a unique story and perspective. So it is about um, this older lady, Renee. She is um, the concierge at a like, really fancy fancy like elegant apartment buildings it almost seems like a hotel but this is where they live and this is in france and just total bougie 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 place to live these are very high-end people and renee obviously not high-end she's the concierge and she kind of just you know she's worked there forever and she's just watching the lives of these bougie, bougie people and fulfilling the stereotype of the concierge. So she's an old lady, overweight, cantankerous, uneducated, just 
average woman who would have this job lives in the hotel um, by herself, lady with cats, you know, just that you wouldn't think twice about if you lived in this apartment building. She's just, you come in, you tell her what you need, send this person up, pick up my dry cleaning for me, do this, this, this package should come, send it straight up. And on they go. They, nothing ever really more than that. So that's Renee. And then there's a 12 year old girl. Her name's Paloma. Her parents are very well known, high, um, some government positions, very well to do. And she has an older sister. She is a genius, very, very highly intellectual. But she knows if she portrays that, then a lot is expected of her. And so she does just the bare minimum to still be looked at as a good student, but she knows what not to do extra or to show what extra she has. So her parents don't look at her as anything special. She's just average good student. Um, She keeps to herself. She's quite um, lonely and she's just kind of observing everything. She has a plan because she just is like, I know so much more, but I don't want to be a part of this. I'm intelligent enough to be a part of it, but I don't want to be a part of it. And so she makes a plan that on this specific day coming up, I think it's in June, she is going to take her life um, on when she turns 13, like mm-hmm. on her 13th birthday. So this is her plan, beginning of the book. Um, this is what's going to happen. So she talks about that. She talks about her plan, how she's going to do it. Um, and, and on with life. So it's the story of these different characters that live in this apartment building and their interactions with Paloma and the concierge. And it's very separate. I mean, they know of each other, but it's not like they're friends or anything, but over time their paths cross a little and it's so, it's so interesting Renee really is quite intellectual, very smart, very into literature and the arts and has like a art history knowledge like no other. She reads classic literature, very, so not at all what she's portraying to these people that don't expect more of her, but deep down it's really there. And um, a guy moves in. And she makes some comment, which was a quote from a book. And he realizes there's more to this concierge. and But not anybody else would really pick up on that she knew that quote and that she must know a lot more or have a lot more experience in this literature and art scene than she's letting on and if she can quote something just like that. So it's, it's interesting how she goes along with taking care of the people in the hotel and ultimately the effect she has on Paloma and Paloma may have on her and this new person that moved in and is seeing things different because the more longer you live there and the more you see someone, the less you actually pay attention to them. So new eyes are noticing new things. And for once in her life, she actually feels seen and that maybe she has a worthy opinion that somebody might appreciate. It is so beautiful. Aww. It's really well written. Um, you know, the girl that wants to take her life and the sadness of Renee's life, it's it's a bit dark, but beautiful as well. I gave it four stars. Awesome. The Elegance of the Hedgehog by Muriel Barber- Barbary. That's awesome. I really liked it. 
That sounds like a deep one. It is. But yet not hard to read. I mean, I did pick up some new vocabulary. Like it's, okay. it's, there were words I didn't know that I looked up. Okay. And that's always fun to add a new, you know, academic language into Absolutely. your lexicon. And so I really liked it. How cool. Yeah, it was, it was a fun one to read. Very cool. There you go. What a bunch of good books. Yes. I'd love to hear if you've read them. Or if you have any recommendations for us, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook. You can email us at thisisyourbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate and subscribe and share with your friends. Thank you to Amphibious Zoo for our music. And we'll see you next time. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And, and this, this is, is your book club. club.